Every morning, thousands, no, millions of Americans walk through an office lobby to an elevator where they spend anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute standing still. It's one of the few times during the day where office employees are truly a captive audience. My next guest company has learned how to maximize their impact with that audience by putting 10,000 screens, 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 we're talking video screens that are streaming content into elevators across the country. Scott Martin's Captivate CMO is a seasoned marketing strategy and media executive since joining Captivate in 2009. Martin has helped the company develop its leadership position as a digital video media network with data-driven targeting and thought leadership. He joins us today to discuss the company's recent growth, Join me and welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, Scott Martin. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, first question I got to ask you, what led you to the CMO of Captivate? I mean, you came from the kind of the print world as I look at. I did. Back in 2009, it was the bottom of the stock market. Uh, the print industry was really slowing down. Let's hope it's the bottom of the stock market forever. Yeah. Mar- in fact, March was, was the very bottom. Yeah. March 9th, I started at Captivate because it was a fast-growing industry. There was no other uh, media except for digital that was growing at double-digit growth except for uh, digital play space, and that's where I decided to go. Yeah. Well, I want to get in and talk about the business model, but I want to – so you came from Veritas, right? Yeah, Veritas Communications. Oh, I remember the company. I I was in the printing industry for years, so. $2 billion print company, advertising circulars, direct mail, big um, pre-media company with all the billboards in Manhattan. Uh, Awesome company. I learned a lot. Spent 12 years there running research, and uh, time to leave was 2009. Yeah, were you doing a lot of other marketing stuff? Yeah, we did. We did a lot of events. We did a lot of a lot of shows, <clears throat> and what we did most was around creative services. Actually, we saw a nice trend where people were looking for companies not just to print their materials, but to actually do the creative. So, I ran a department called the Data Driven Design Department, and mm-hmm. we used actu- uh, information, data, third party data, to segment audiences and design their creative based on those different segments. So, I did a lot in the casino world. Uh, you look at slot players. There's slot players that are the old blue-haired sitting by the yeah, slots yeah, yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. And then you got people that are going there for the pools and the lifestyle. Well, I would segment those audiences. By the way, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, you we, can't see it. This is, on, this is a podcast, but he's a good-looking guy. So it's like. I'm the guy that uh, sits by the pool but also plays the blackjack. Uh, anyway, so I'd help them segment their audiences and then design their direct communications based on those personalities. Uh, really, it was a European technique that came over to the States, a company called Risk uh, Euroscan, which is the Research Institute mm-hmm. on Social Change. And it takes people's sociocultural beliefs and traits and attitudes and tells you what kind of communications they're going to respond to. So we did that, and then we also did the Customer Focus Research Program, which helped all the big retailers, Home Depot, Lowe's, Best Buy, segment their audiences and understand how they're going to make buying decisions at the store. So big retail company, great creative company, and, and then putting print uh, in front of consumers is what we specialized in. Yeah, print still works. I mean, print's still very effective and most trusted communication there is. But you have to you have to specialize. It has to be version customized and you know and personalized in in order in ways that you've never had to do before. 
Yeah, they're still doing it today. Quad Graphics acquired oh, yeah, Virtus huge. Communications, and they're still. Did, oh, they did they? I didn't know that. But Quad's did. huge. Quad's the, well, they got to be the biggest in the world now, right? They are them and uh, Quebecor up in Canada. Yeah, uh, Sinveo. Sinveo yeah. is where I came. I, I was at Sinveo years ago. Yeah, I remember and, them and helped uh, help those guys grow. And then they they were bought out. And I don't know what is the, I can't even remember what year it was. It was about two thousand and five, probably four or five. And yeah, about four two thousand and four. They were taken over, hostile takeover. As part of the deal, and then that's where I went on to Kodak. But so, um, how are you liking the CMO gig? I love it. You know, one of the things we do uh, in my department is make a lot of mistakes because we're breaking a lot of eggs and trying mm-hmm. new things. And we found the most important aspect of our business is being innovative, coming up with new products, new ideas for customers. And you can't do that without making some mistakes. And, and my company and uh, my division, the marketing division. Is really going gangbusters just you know helping the salespeople make revenue uh helping the real estate team build our distribution and really helping the company find its way so you know i mentioned in the intro about ten thousand screens i'm sure that's probably outdated but they but you're basically you're putting these in every single elevator i know in my building when i get in the morning it's the first thing i look at and it's got some news and it's got a little ad with it or two but it's always got something that's kind of interesting yeah, it captivates the leading digital video network out there, really driving great content, entertaining content, informational content uh, to the hardest reach uh, audience you can find out there. These are upscale professionals working in their office buildings. We have screens in the elevators. We have I don't screens. Know if they're all upscale. Well, I mean, I know some of the people in my building, they're not upscale, but that's okay. We say from the mailroom to the boardroom. And, okay. Uh, you got people in the mailroom, sure, but a lot of them are white collar professionals. Uh, we also do it on the lobby screen. So if you look at the, the lobby of a building, you have large format screens there. We're putting great content from Wall Street Journal, from USA Today, from Forbes, all business content, uh, good weather and sports content, and then even some lifestyle content that the viewers love. Um, so we do a good job there, and we're trying to get inside every building we can. That's a Class A office tower, mm-hmm. and then we also have some hotels and some condos. A really fast-growing company. It's up to now 12,000 screens. Uh, we're in about 1,800 buildings across North America, by far the largest, and really the only player in the States when we purchased the Wall Street Journal office network uh, a couple of years back. Well, I remember that um, as well. In my background, I should probably disclose, public disclose that I'm on the board for RMG, which is uh, – also a little bit of a competitor, but not necessarily a competitor, I would say. Yeah, RMG went into the office space. They went into uh, the office uh, well, they tenant used to suites. Do, uh, they used to do, um, they used to do uh, clubs or health clubs for yeah. a long time. They sold that off. But they're, they're primarily a visual communications provider for companies. More on the purchasing space than anything, or supply yeah. side. We're all part of the same family within yeah. the digital place-based industry, and it's an industry that's over two billion dollars. It's growing at double digits. So yeah. you call, but you call this. I mean, this would is what I would call out of home. It's still out of home. I mean, that's what you'd call it traditionally. You would. There's two things that separate our industry from out of home, the tr- traditional out of home. One is dwell time. Let me let me also explain to people listening because sure. they might not know. We're now into we're down into the depths and depths of depths of marketing. But out of home means any signage, anything that's out of your home. It's not a TV, not a radio, not a screen. T- traditionally, so a screen that you would see or holding in your hand. Yep. Uh, people think of out-of-home as posters and billboards. Cabs, taxis, buses, right? Things on top of cabs, things mm-hmm. now inside of cabs. Mm-hmm. Our little niche inside the out-of-home industry is called the place-based advertising uh, industry. And that means two things. One is there's dwell time. That means people have to stop for a reason and watch. So mm-hmm. inside of a health club, people are... are you know, standing still, except they're moving in front of Are you of doing health clubs now? No, we don't. But yeah. our, in, in the industry... Um, 
the tough that's considered that's considered one of them uh certainly the office building people have to are there there 10 hours a day um the movie theater is considered place-based advertising Ta- inside the taxi cab watching tv and uh the tv screens there so where you have dwell time is one and then the second thing that qualifies as the place-based industry is when you have content so you can't just have ads rotating over and over again you need stories so something that is giving information more than just ads and those why do you why, why do you need to do that i mean I, I was getting one of the questions i had is are you a content player or an ad player I mean, uh, you're a little both, right? Yeah, but the content drives the ads, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what we think separates us from traditional out of home is the viewers lean in to our screens. They're leaning forward, looking for the next tidbit of information, breaking news, favorite sports team scores, and we provide that with the ad right next to it. And that means they have 15 seconds to read a quick story, and then their eye gravitates towards the advertising, and we have some of the best engagement out of all the uh, media out there. I once saw, um, in fact, if, uh, I don't know if you're still doing this with your social media, but I remember texting something to uh, ca- uh, Captivate or uh, tweeting it. And I know my name, and I saw Fran Tarkenton's buddy of mine, you guys actually, was. I was in an elevator, and there, there's my name popping up on, like, hello, whatever I said that day or whatever it was. I remember it. I bet you heard from people you know. That no, I did. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, we put something in the elevator, let's say in the morning, uh, a celebrity um even just a regular person, if we recognize that person, typically they're going to hear from friends across the country in New York, Chicago, L.A. Hey, I saw you in my elevator. What were you doing inside my elevator? It's kind of creepy. No, it is, it is. <laughs> it's actually it's not creepy. It's exciting. It's exciting because it's a I, I, you're there where the people are. Right. That's, that's right. And they're there five or six times a day inside the elevator. They're in there about six minutes a day inside the elevator. And if you look at that six minutes per day in front of the screens, that's more than they spend on their favorite website like ESPN. Um, and that's more times where advertisers can get in front of them and make an, uh, an effective frequency play. Which it's a whole is, different deal to an elevator pitch, I think. Yeah. Right? I mean, it sure is. Uh, you, you got 15 seconds in your uh, campaign to make a statement to an av- uh, to a consumer. Uh, you're going to do it right with the hopefully with some relevant media, relevant content. You say you said 15 seconds. See, I always say it's like eight seconds, right? I mean, eight seconds to kind of hook somebody. But is that what the spot? The spot is 15 seconds. Yeah, spots typically 15 seconds. Some advertisers choose to go 30, and in both cases, you want to really engage yeah, the 30's consumer. 30 is long. 30 is long for that kind of thing. I mean, I, I move, 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 move. You're in an elevator. It's yeah. already an awkward place, right? Yeah, one thing that we, uh, yeah, in fact, there's research out there. It's called proxemics research, and that's the study of people and their surroundings. And when you're confronted by others in a confined space, 90% of people will just stare straight ahead on a fixed location on the wall, and typically that's our screens if we're installed inside of an elevator. People just don't like that awkward feeling inside the elevator, and they're dying to have something to do. And in this case, it's watching our screens, and only about 5% will check their cell phones because of the poor reception inside the elevator. We got them. We got them for a good minute during that elevator ride. Yeah, which I, I I want to get right back to it, but I got to take a quick break. And you know, could I this morning before I come here? I stopped at my local Dunkin'. I tried out some of the delicious flavors. They got some new ones now. They got this almond joy and heat flavors. Now I like the almond joy. I don't like the heat. My almond joy. My dad used to like almond joy, and because he liked it, I started liking them, and now I still like it. So I tried that this morning. It's kind of different, kind of weird, but you know, whether you enjoy America's favorite. Coffee, piping hot or refreshing, iced, If you, especially in the summertime. You can mix and match with several flavors to make it just right. And they also got these sweetened flavors like uh, mocha and caramel swirl. I don't know what foo-foo that is. But, you know, a lot of people like that, so whatever. Several unsweetened flavors, blueberry, caramel, 
You know, mine, I love mine, just I like espresso. I usually get a quad espresso to start off the morning with, and none of that decaf. But they got decaf for those of you who can't take it. So it's freshly brewed and prepared, and because America runs on Dunkin'. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. I, I want to get back to this awkwardness. because it, it, it. So um, I noticed this morning, because I knew you were coming on, when I got in the elevator, and I was there early, in New York time, getting there at 8 is pretty early, and I got on with this woman, a very small, petite woman. I'm a pretty big guy, six foot three, two hundred, you know, some odd pounds. And the first thing, you know, when you get on, it's kind of like, ooh, you know. And and I'm a little bit intimidating. And right away, both of us looked up at the screen, the Captivate screen, and we watched it until I got off on the tenth floor. And I know she punched sixteen. So I thought that was kind of a, and you know, it was kind of a my test to see what she would do and what was going on. Yeah, that happens, you know, all the time. Ninety Right now, 95% of the people that get in the elevator will look for those screens, and if the screens are there, they're going to watch the entire elevator ride. There's only about 9, oh, let's say 10% that actually will not watch the entire elevator ride. So we have them engrossed for that time, and it's a great way to convince them to do something. A good example of this would be our recent contest we did, which was a selfie contest, an elevator selfie yeah, contest. Yeah, yeah. Take a picture of yourself in the elevator, send it to Captivate, and we'll give you, you know, a, a $50 <laughs> gift card or whatever the prize was at the time we got thousands and thousands of submissions oh that's cool and uh these are you know professionals it's not it's not all kids and uh gen y and and gen xers i mean these are executives and and all sorts of people sending us their picture but if you got other people it's kind of weird though isn't it i mean it's yeah it is kind of different i mean the other day i had to lock down the elevators for uh, i was filming for our tv show and we're actually pitching a thing about the elevator pitch so we were like you filming in an elevator and, um, you know, and we had to use some people in the elevator. And we just grabbed people and asked if they would do it. And it was just really kind of weird filming them because they didn't know what to do. So, so it's tough. At one time we did uh, what's, what's considered a, uh, a smart targeted ad inside the elevator where we took someone in that building and put their picture up on the screen and saw if we can get a reaction from their coworkers, get a reaction from their friends. Trying to sell them? Well, yeah, without their permission. So How'd that go? Well, so we did it at 9 a.m. in the morning, yeah. and by noon we had a lawyer show up at our doors with a cease and desist uh, letter. People do not like their pictures on the screens unless you get their agreement you first. You know, that's, I, I say this because I once went to a hotel and they wanted me to go, and, and they offered up, you know, like a couple of nights if I would go, and, you know, because we were looking at doing it as a fam trip for one of our events. And I happened to be in town. They knew I was coming. It was a luxury hotel, so I went there. And when I checked into the room, they had pictures of me and my wife and my family in frames in the room. Okay, same kind of thing. Now, I, I thought, well, okay, that's, that's pretty personalized, right, that they went to Facebook, pulled those off, but imagine, I mean, I just thought, you know, because I know some guys who aren't as nice as I am, and I had my wife with me. Imagine if you didn't bring your wife and there was somebody, you know, all that stuff started and all the scenarios that could go through your head, you know, that along those lines. But I'm not surprised by that. So you, you and I come from the same industry, which is around personalized, direct communications. Yeah. And the trend is going that way where it's almost like the minority report you want to give relevant information to the audience that's in front of your screen, but you can't do it in too much of a personalized way that infringes on their privacy. Yeah. 
you know, the same thing if you're you're trying to sell me a pickup truck, but you show me the pickup truck in New York City, but yet I have a ranch in South Dakota. That's where I'm not driving my freaking pickup truck in New York, right? Same thing. Yeah, that, that's my background. I collect information on people and try to understand who they are. So in our buildings, we look at every single company in that building, uh, all the as many of the executives and job titles and company types and revenue. And uh, we don't look at people's salaries, but we do look at how many employees are in those companies and we help advertisers get in front of those right companies. So how do you target like that? Because uh, can I, can I'm going to, again, another question I want to follow up, but how are you targeting that particular building? Are you looking at the makeup of the people in the, in the building? Are, you have a database of that? We do. We have a, one of the uh, country's largest databases. Actually, we have it in North America. Uh, we use a B2B list provider called Info USA and Info Canada. No, um, yeah. Out of Omaha. The guys were originally out of Omaha. We match every set of data that Didn't they Didn't Donnelly have. buy them? I thought they were owned by Donnelly at one time. Uh, not quite sure. Mm. Uh, they're called Info Group. And yeah. uh, what we look at is, let's say, a building like the one we're in today. We'll look at the number of companies in here and how many are media-related companies. Or it could be how many departments or divisions are media-related divisions. If this building over-indexes or has a higher propensity than other buildings to have media executives here, we're going to target this building for an advertiser that's trying to target media companies. Do you slot it by times? Do you we sl- do. Do you have blocks then, of blocks where I can buy certain blocks of advertising, or am I just buying impressions throughout the day rotating? Very, very targeted. Or both. So you mentioned the, the person in New York that arrives at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. That's typically a C-suite. Mm-hmm. So we'll sell that 7 to 8, uh, 8, 8 a.m. time frame to them. Got a higher rate? Uh, in some cases, it's a higher rate. I mean, and you talked about um, beverage companies like Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. They'll target the snack period, which is the 2 or 3 yeah. o'clock afternoon snack time where people are exiting these it's offices. It's packed. And the, yeah, the, and, but if you don't know anything about New York, I mean, you try to get an elevator at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's, it's crazy. If you're targeting agency executives, they're working until 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night, so we'll sell that time period. Mm-hmm. And very, very smart targeting by a lot of our customers. Yeah, but nothing in the morning for agencies because those guys don't get up in the morning. They never go. They All their meetings in the afternoon. What, how about geofencing? Are you doing anything? with? We do. I, I would think your business is ripe for geofencing. Yeah, about two and a half years ago, we decided that the most um, practical thing to do for us was to partner up with mobile. Uh, we know that people, although their phones don't work inside the elevator, as soon as they get outside the elevator, that mobile connection's there. So we partnered with a company that helps us target around the buildings. It's a geofence. And in addition to seeing the message on our screens, they then see the message on their phones and their smartphone screens. So that's something we've been doing now for a couple of years. We do no, nobody's done a good job of that so far. So, I'd but, say I'm, we are. We've well, done. but I didn't know that you were doing that. So, I, I'm, I mean, I'm asking a blind question. I didn't go looking it up. I didn't spend the time to do the research probably like I should have. But I, it's an innocuous. That was, like, that was one of those volleyball questions. I just set it up and you spiked it down. That was very, well done, Scott. Well done. We do about 50, 50 programs a you year. You go to the Olympics. You should be in the Olympics. <laughs> We do about 50 programs a year. The company that I'm working with right now is XAD. So everything we our mobile networks powered by XAD, and they do a great job with our locations, and they match every single device that they can find in our buildings to send them an ad for so the clients that want to. Talk to me about how that works. I'm, I'm, because I just think this is it. I mean, this is like one of them, and I, I like being where the people are. Right. That's yeah. why I'm doing podcasts because people are listening. So. Gosh darn it. What the heck? you got to be where the people are. They have technology and algorithms called footprints and blueprints, mm-hmm. which specializes at finding people and their signals turned on inside of our building. So yeah, and they basically draw a line around the the architecture of the building or the block, and, and you start – do you do the whole block or do you – whatever they want? So we do, we do both. So for our B2B customers, mm-hmm. so someone targeting media executives or financial advisors, we'll stay just inside that building so the building actually looks like the shape of a building. 
But for the consumer messaging, like a Duncan, we'll target a geofenced area around the building. So that means we're getting people inside and also outs- right outside the building. Because mm-hmm, then they're wandering into the area. That's right. And you know, probably going down the street to their how, close to Duncan. How do people, I, well, I mean, what's the typical engagement that somebody has? Well, so the, I mean, you got some big companies. I mean, I see big companies like Oppenheimer and, and you know, some similar ones that advertise on my networks as well, both my TV shows and, and C-Suite TV. Yeah, so the engagement is, is pretty simple. So we reach someone on average once a day, maybe once every other day with that individual client's campaign. So we'll reach, you know, uh, the typical person will see 30 or 40 ads a day, but they'll see that one uh, campaign once a day. And over time, I'd say around the 10th to the 12th day, they're going to start to, that ad's going to start to make an impression. They're going to want to respond. And typically the way they respond is they go back to their desk and they look up that company online. They'll do a Google search. They'll go to the company's website. And now we're looking to help them convert those searchers into customers. Uh, so we recommend being on air at least four weeks. And that's when clients will change up their creative to make sure no ad fatigue sets in. And that's when they'll start to see those responses come in. Now, in today's age, people want to see proof of response. So we're yeah. we're, we're, we're measuring that online so, uh, activity yeah. for customers. So how are, yeah, but I was going to say, how are you how are you able to prove them? So my, my position, not only at Captivate, but also with the DPAA, which is the Digital Place-Based Advertising Association, is to know a lot about metrics and research. I head up the, the Research and Standards Committee. I sit on the chair there. And I know that this is the number one issue facing our industry. So we partnered with a company that actually locates in our buildings all the companies uh, that are in there and they match their IP addresses so they can see their web activity. Now it's not, it's not. I'm like, holy shit. Sorry, but man, that's, that's wicked. Yep. Listen, people that are listening to this, this is freaking wicked. Okay, this is stalking at the tie in, in a nice way. Okay, uh, yeah, it's I mean, not, it's not I, I don't know. Who, yeah, I don't know. It's it's Amy or it's Patrick. I don't know. I just know. I know. That's okay. Yeah. There's somebody sitting in there. I know. So the, they, we look at it by company. So yeah. by company, how many employees are going to my clients' websites based on that campaign? And we keep it fixed to our buildings, and we want to know if there's an ad in our building. God, I thought I was doing great with a postcard mailing. You know. <laughs> well, marketers marketers demand ROI, and this, this is, is how we oh, get to yeah. ROI. Oh, yeah. I sit in those conversations every day. I'm selling ads on the podcast. I'm selling ads on TV. I'm selling ads on my C-suite network all the time, and everybody wants to know, you know, how, how many clicks am I going to get? How much am I going to get? You know, We did a campaign for the Tourism of Australia, which mm-hmm. is a big uh, tourism board out of Australia, obviously, and before their campaign, uh, we measured the clicks to their to their website from our buildings. During the campaign, we saw 173% lift in clicks to their website that we can attribute to our network. And you could track them back to the IP address. Absolutely. And so now they want to know, well, who are these companies that were going to my website? We have that information. But does the, does the cost, let me, I tell you what, I got to take another break. Speaking of cost, I got, let me do that. And I'm going to come back to that because I'm, I'm curious about the, the, the accountability to the cost. And does that make it add so much more where... Anyway, let me get right two seconds. Let me let me break out here because I got Liberty Tax. I love these folks. I, I spoke at their convention here recently. I, I'm, I get so many Liberty Tax franchises that I'm staying in touch with. They're just friends, but you know, good folks over at Liberty Tax are on board here at All Business. It's the fastest growing retail tax preparation firm. 4,000 offices in North America. They do a lot of consumer business, but they're doing a lot of business business too. So, and by the way, if you're looking for some kind of opportunity for yourself. It's a great franchise opportunity on a seasonal basis. So if you're looking to get into business, add another service to your business, or just need great tax prep services, hey, look to Liberty. You'll you'll find them waving on the street. 
a lot of time they got those waivers. So let me ask you, get, get, speaking of accountability, you know, right there, there's, there's uh, taxes, but does it become so cost prohibitive to start tracking all this stuff to find out if it's effective? It's just easier just to run the campaigns. I mean, look, if you run a TV ad, yeah, it's pretty, it's, people are going to see it. If you, by and large, radio, same thing. I would think, look, if I'm in an elevator and I'm representing B2B customers, there's a lot of businesses inside there, aren't you going to hit them? I mean, do you have to be that exact? That's a great question. I, I often ask myself and others those, those questions. So clients that come back over and over and over again with us do so because they hear they hear it on the street. They hear it from their peers in the industry. They hear from they see uh, it. Yeah, they see they it. They see it. Their that, competitors see it. Yeah, they but I mean, look, you're almost in every you're in some really good building. You're almost in every building I've been in. I won't say all because you're still working on it, but it's pretty damn good. It yeah. is, but. Everyone's marketing budgets are shrinking, and they're asking for proof of play, proof of performance, and Captivate has to be on the leading edge to show them those results. And the good news is the data's out there. Because our gravitation towards digital and integration with digital, we can get digital data and match it back to our buildings pretty easily where not a lot of media can do that. So the proof is there. We'll take it and use it and get that customer who's not sure about us to try it and try it again and again. So where else are you going where, where to expand? If you're in the buildings today, now where do you go? We're going on to the computers. So your workstation at work is where we're going to send you some ads. Uh, we've already done two or three tests with a company called Demandbase out of San Francisco, one of the leading B2B desktop retargeters. And we've found that when we retarget our customers and uh, for our customers and retarget those tenants, the response is better. So you're, you're, you're running basically, an, let me see if I've got this right, basically an ad network that's going to let me know that because of their IP address, I assume, that they're in this building, that this kind of business, now you can target them based on that. Is, um, that, that, is that right? Rather, right? Rather than like a cookie in their history of them going off and looking at a, a lamp or something, you can really target the ads to, the, to that side of it. Just based on the fact that they've been in front of our screens in our building. So we're going to hit them on the lobby screen, the elevator screen, their phone screen, and then their, then their computer but screen. But the desk, desktop screens, you're, you're pushing that to a browser or what, what are you yep. – Right, not right. pushing it in. It's not popping up inside their screen, right? No, right in their browser. So mm-hmm. when, when they're online, when they're searching, when they're on a website, we can target them through this partner. Now, there's companies that have done this. I worked with the Atlanta Hawks, and they found that when they triangulated the customer like this, their season ticket sales, their sure. luxury office suites yeah. went through the roof, and see, it pays for itself. See, why? Well, and, and it makes sense. As a, as a chief marketing officer, go, look, I want to get to the right people. It's like... When I tell people, you know, again, I get the same exact thing when I'm doing C-suite TV. They'll say, well, geez, you're a digital play. You know, how many clicks? How much is this? Well, you only need the right click. You only need one click. You only need two clicks, you know, whatever it might be. Same thing's here. You don't need massive numbers. Yeah, you're lucky here because at Captivate, you have 10 million professionals that you can reach any month. And you get a percentage of those to respond. You're looking at good response. The average TV show reaches around 3 million people. That's how many we reach every yeah, single day. Yeah, that's a big show. I mean, I mean, yeah. serious. I mean, I was the number one primetime show. I, it wasn't 3 million. I wish it were. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're lucky to get, you're lucky to get people. It's, it's, and it's the right. It's not, it's not about eyeballs and ears. It's about hearts and minds, right? It's yeah. about the right people. And the quality, yeah, the quality of those people. And, yeah. and we found that the advertisers like SAP, like Oppenheimer, like uh, Duncan and Starbucks, you know, they want people that have money to spend. Uh-oh, he said the S word right here. Now now we're going to get we're going to get it. He said it right there. No, it's all right. It's okay. So some people can't, you know. That's why we have Duncan. It's okay. <laughs> 
That's all right. I, I, I mentioned one of your competitors too, so it's fair enough. We can do that. I don't care. Let me. So I, I think it's, it's spot on. What, what's stopping you from being bigger? Well, so we've decided. Right I mean, now. not that you're not big. I mean, look at some of the numbers I was looking through. You got 220 percent growth in viewership. You're, you know, year over year is really solid. You're not public. You're not a publicly traded company yet. Either. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Mm-hmm. We're growing fast enough, though. Uh, you should be. Yeah, you're going to need it, right? I mean, you're going to need a capital infusion to really do the stuff you got to do. If you can move, let's say, I, I uh, let's go double twenty thousand, thirty thousand screens. That's a lot of. That's a lot of hardware. Yeah, right now we're focused on revenue, so mm-hmm. moving the needle both. And we have t- dual streams of revenue. So you have the advertisers that are paying us, and then the buildings pay us. They subscribe to our service, so it's basically giving them a cable subscription for every 10 Are they getting the, the split? Building. In some cases, yeah. again, they're getting some revenue share. Um, our decision right now is to grow fastest within the markets that we're already in. So Boston, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco. We're the big growing, ones. We're the growing ones. within those. You're not going to Sioux Falls anytime soon. No, we're not. We are opening yeah. up a few markets. So we opened up Milwaukee. We're opening up uh, hopefully Detroit soon, Indianapolis. So the bigger media markets, we're going after those, but really focusing on our sweet spot. And up in Canada, we're just going great in Toronto, Toronto. Edmonton, Calgary. Vancouver. Vancouver. Vancouver would be great for you, too. Yeah, we're in Vancouver. We're doing well up there. Mm-hmm. So what's the biggest thing you've learned moving into this position? Well, it's never good enough what you're doing. I mean, we're, like I said, we're innovating. For for you or for the customer? Uh, For both, Mm -hmm. for both. Now, for the customer, it's all about ROI. We've talked about that. For me personally, it's getting my brand in front of everyone in the country that should be advertising. So you know us because you're in the city, you're in a lot of our buildings. But a customer in, let's say, Milwaukee, Kansas, Kansas City. Or, or Milwaukee, Milwaukee, where you're moving into, they don't necessarily know. They don't know about it. Yeah, us but yet. a lot of those execs do go to other places. But whether you get to the right person, right, that's always the tough. Yep. Is this a C suite sale or is it down in the lower levels of like brand marketing? Our biggest customers, you know, these the ones that are spending millions are the C suites. Yeah, and, they and, see it. And their clients, uh, the, the brand themselves. We deal a lot with the agencies, but when we get in front of the clients, that's where we're getting the biggest revenue. Yeah, well, that, that's the people who see it they see it they they see it and go i may oh i see that if they see it they like it yeah and they hear about it from their their competitors their peers Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things we've done which no one else has really done is we've built a panel of nine thousand research respondents within our building so whenever someone wants to know how effective it really is at convincing influencers to make a decision we'll go into that panel and ask questions and we ask a lot of c-suites what do you think you do how do you ask in the question through email then just it's through through email it's an online blind panel so it's not called captivate we branded office office opinions office pulse and uh, they give us feedback and the c-suite feedback we've seen has been awesome it's great Mm -hmm. they they love the service they love the content uh, whether it's stock market tips or tips of the day from management they they just love it harvard harvard business review is one of our content providers great uh great content oh, the content on it's really good i really enjoy it I, I i do i look i when i get in the elbow I'm, I'm picking up news and i am uh which is and it's always got some fun fact i like the fun facts stuff i like that that's interesting so our our content editors have a a goal and that's to give not front page news not back page news but second page news things that you didn't yeah. read about that morning because yeah. we have a pretty well yeah, informed front, the front page news we get enough of we, right. we see that's a 24-hour cycle there's enough of us talking heads that we're doing enough of that stuff I, I like the real stuff the stuff i can learn stuff i can say see that and then go back to my desk and put it into play i like that by the way, the way, I want to mention the panel thing because not everybody understands. You and I are talking at a very at a higher level on the panel. For those some of the people that listen, I try to educate people all the time. I educate myself. I always learn something new every time. 
the the panel that he's talking about like when i was at kodak i had i had fifty eight thousand in our panel research a panel research gives you an opportunity to have a cross section of your community who say hey uh when you ask me questions i'll give you my opinion and that's really great because it, it really helps you focus in on what you want to be able to do so some of you if you have a small business or listening you might have a kitchen cabinet you know like 10 people that you go to and, and you kind of ask them hey should i should i move this do i do this or do i want to offer up a new service that's what you do right that's basically it yeah right? so for clients we do campaign efficacy research so a client runs on air for a month they want to know did their brand lift in terms of top of mind awareness or just general awareness did they recall the campaign and one of the things that we found with the panel and with Nielsen who re- measures and rates our service is our recall scores are better than most all other media yeah. because it's a clutter-free environment there's only a limited is it because it's mostly visual it's visual I think it's, it's video I mean yeah. video wins uh, but there's a limited number of advertisers and you're in a confined space where it's quiet again you're kind of leaning in there's only one or two other people in, in front of the yellow, in front of the screens at the same time and you absorb that message over a month period you're not, you should you ever gonna have sound no, we've tested it. and yeah, uh, People, it irritates them, doesn't it? Irritates the people, it irritates the building owner. I mean, Oh, yeah, because the elevator opens up, you hear somebody, you hear my ad or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Let me, uh, let me, I got a, here's a, here's a tip that this is a company. I saw this product, Scott. I went out and got it. I called these guys. I said, you got to be an advertiser. I said, I'll beg you. I beg you. And I got them in. And because I just love it, it's called SaneBox. Do you get a lot of emails? Every I day? do. Yeah. I used to wake up to like 180 in the morning. Now I wake up to like 18 because I got SaneBox. I was spending hour and hours of sorting out what's important and what wasn't. And until I found SaneBox, S-A-N-E box. And if you go to www.sanebox.com forward slash Hazlet, um, it's a mouthful. And there, I'll give you some. I'll give you a couple of free weeks to this. And basically, what it does is it sorts out your email, learns what you do, how you do it. So I drag this one to black box. I drag this one to later. I drag this one. Or if I'm not hearing from you, I put in the BCC like three hours. It pops back in my inbox, and I bug you again. Or three weeks, or three months, or four months. I'm telling you, I got this. It it, it it's a dream come true. It's awesome, awesome, awesome service. And in, in two weeks, if you want it, right there, www.sanebox.com forward slash Hazlet. Um, exciting stuff, man. I appreciate you being here. I, I learned something today. I, 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 I get to the point. That's I'll talk about that later in my show. I always do a section where I talk about what I learned, but I really did enjoy it. Well, it's been a pleasure being here, Jeffrey, and uh, anytime I'll be happy to come back. All right, on all business right here. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about the things I learned. And I always learn something, as I say, every single show. I'm sorry if that's repetitive, but I like to learn. I mean, that's one of my big conditions of satisfaction is I like to learn new things. And if I'm not learning new things, then I'm dying. So I learned you got to get to the point. What I mean by that? Do you see what these guys are doing with the geofencing and the fact that they're able to track down individual IP addresses? I mean, that's freaking wild. And we all know it's true. You know, you've been on, you've been in watching in a website and you might have looked at some lawn furniture and all of a sudden it starts popping up in your Facebook ads. Well, this is what these guys are doing even more so into your desktop at work. So you're not safe anywhere. What they're doing is the stuff you might have run into or seen in the hallways or seen in the lobbies or seen in the elevator now is going to be projected right back up to your desktop. And I, 
I didn't know you could fully do that. And that's pretty, it makes sense though. Makes sense. It just means that we're going to be tracked all the time. And hey, by the way, especially with the mobile side. And I really like the section we talked about geofencing. I think that's going to be the next really big, huge, huge thing. And I like that because it's like, it's like if I walk through a casino or I walk through a restaurant, they know who I am. Well, in this case, if I'm walking around my phone in a neighborhood, they know where I am. And that can be kind of creepy, but it can actually be kind of cool because that means people can serve me better, and I like to be served. And that's what we like to do is serve up great stuff to you right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget, tell your friends on Play.it and iTunes. Thanks. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.